to the Business Line podcast. In the last 23 years, NSR Cell, the startup incubator based in IIM Bangalore, has incubated more than 1400 startups in the country. To share the incredible journey of the startup incubator, today we have with us its chief executive officer Anand Sri Ganesh. Let's welcome Ganesh to the podcast. Thank you so much Parvati. Pleasure to be here. I hope you're joining us from the IIMB campus. Yes, I am. Nice 105 acre pristine forest. That is amazing. I wanted to kickstart this podcast with a question on your latest campus founders program because that sounds pretty interesting. Could you tell me a little more about that? So the campus founders track is something that we've been working on for about 4 years now and and this year 2023 and stepping into 24 we've taken the last few years of experiences to completely redesign to make it more relevant the primary purpose of the campus founders track is to identify innovation in our university universities across the country and our talent in universities who believe that their calling in life is to be an entrepreneur they have an innovation they have an idea they probably worked on their prototype and they believe that of course they would have other career choices of working in a corporate or pursuing a research career but maybe there are there are a few who believe that entrepreneurship is their calling and their innovation is a deep passion for them to take out to the world what we want to do is work with such innovators and knowing that they are still in universities also means that there are some inherent constraints of understanding markets configuring business models creating the right networks of course creating funding opportunities building out an organization that an ecosystem and an incubator could be best equipped to provide and that allows for these innovations to then reach a position of sustenance and scale uh, and that's what the campus founders track attempts to solve for we do believe the market if i could use the word market which is just the sheer number of entrepreneurial talent and energy lying in our universities in the country we do believe it to be very very large but for what was structural systemic of course societal biases peer pressures financial constraints lot of this innovation and energy doesn't see the light of the day and i think at a very macro level we as a country are the losers because such innovation is not able to flourish and create impact and that's what we want to solve for so how exactly does the program work we look at from a creation of the funnel and the kind of entrepreneurs that we look at we look at students not necessarily undergrad though it ends up becoming dominantly that we look at anybody across the spectrum and we've got a few research scholars as well in our current cohort and while again the current cohort seems to be more stem aligned it's not by intent Uh, we'd love for entrepreneurs in social sciences arts liberal arts to be part of the broader entrepreneurial ecosystem and to be part of the campus founders track as well so our first level of selection if i may is to find founders or founding teams who already in, in so many ways pre decided or opted in saying we want to be career entrepreneurs and we look for clues sometimes they've incorporated the company sometimes they've already talked to customers sometimes they've tried creating revenue momentum so you know that the fundamental intent to be career entrepreneurs is there once we identify that talent and for example right now the cohort is about 22 strong for the 23 24 batch or the first batch of 23 24 we put them through a structured about 5 month incubation 
the foundations of that while dominantly our capability building with the core innovation that the founder is working on might already be in some prototype or mvc stage the founders in all cases have not completely fleshed this out in terms of a business plan and a business roadmap and therefore a product evolution that might right fit a market opportunity now we take this and unpack this for the cohort now how do you gain a deeper understanding of market how do you gain a deeper understanding of suppliers customers therefore build out a technology roadmap and a revenue roadmap through that what are the milestones for your organization what kind of people what kind of partners what kind of platforms what kind of funding is required that will assist you in that journey and that's what we enable through the campus founders program the nuance though is we all of them are right now already are studying they are ideally mostly in their final year of their or their bachelor's program so timing becomes interesting we know that we are setting them up to run the company in many cases we work with them to field validate but sure they have got to finish their final exams and get their final grades out so we've got to work with a program design that embeds within their academic program structure as well even in terms of program design and operations is peculiarly structured to take care of those constraints that's how the program works so do they physically have to be in the imp campus to be part of this no they don't have to be physically here uh, because our dominant accent in the incubation is at the entrepreneurial and managerial layers there is some degree of technical intervention which requires of course physical access to labs prototyping facilities infrastructure certification that second piece we bring through a partner network and of course the universities that they are already a part of because we are dominantly focusing on the entrepreneurial capabilities of the founding team a lot of virtual interaction and virtual incubation which is capacity building capability building mentorship ecosystem enablement can get delivered through a virtual interaction wherever physical interactions are required networks boot camps workshops we bring them in sometimes to bangalore sometimes closer to their market locations nsrcl also helps them with the funding yes we do so the program embeds a small grant component which is typically early prototyping sometimes some of these technology innovations require testing certification interoperability so a small grant component that enables this but a larger funding component we bring through a broader either equity or banking or alternative finance method that we bring in our partners and networks to help them out with you know because it's a startup incubator which um, is part most prestigious b schools in the country what percent of the total startups that you produce are student led i'll probably respond in two separate buckets one is students from iim bangalore and the other is students from across the country we are an open incubator so we work with entrepreneurs across the country i mean quite literally as we speak today we operate in 25 states and four union territories across the country within iim bangalore firstly the entrepreneurial energy is very high the core mba courses and the executive programs have a course itself around entrepreneurship even within the program all of these projects that the students need to do at least 70 80% of them work with the startups in nsrcl as sort of consultants on their course projects itself and that's extremely productive both for the students in getting more entrepreneurial mindset sharpened and of course for the founders they they are able to work with uh, highly talented energetic students to get some of their strategic priorities worked on so there is a great amount of entrepreneurial energy within im bangalore 
early or once they graduate immediately after play after the graduation very few probably take the entrepreneurial route maybe single digits but 5 7 years into their corporate careers once probably especially once their sort of student loans are paid off and they're easily comfortable with their own sort of personal self and confidence the number of alumni who come back and express interest in being entrepreneur is very exciting so that's one bucket of course across since we work with universities across the country the broader entrepreneurial energy today in the country is very high with younger with youth with people is who are students who are like we speaking earlier still in universities and colleges looking at an entrepreneurial career as opposed to a corporate or a research career the sheer energy and willingness is very high in my in some sense it's also sort of a cusp of a cultural bias there was a phase when the aspirational job was probably in the it sector or large manufacturers or automotive brands and so on and then probably there was a wave of working with early stage you know product companies or e-commerce companies now you are seeing a lot of energy saying maybe i can do this on my own and it doesn't matter if i'm young or i'm inexperienced I, one doesn't know what that necessarily means but i believe i have the talent i have the mindset i have the fighting spirit and who knows i might create the next great company there's a lot of such ambition and the sheer quantum of innovation that i see in universities in the country people willing to grapple with problems of healthcare finance education aiml there's a lot of conversation out on robotics ar vr just that entire mix of innovation and willing to solve for large problems very exciting so uh, do we have a number do we have a proportion today in nsr cell if i look at of course one is our campus founder track and also beyond that the number of people who are still students either undergrad or postgrad who are looking at entrepreneurship the number would be probably about let me say about 10% or so total number of ventures we touch probably between yeah 7 to 10% might be students still in college or just graduated one year two years out of college looking at an entrepreneurial career that's quite impressive especially considering the large number of startups you incubate the sheer number of startups that have come out of this incubator in the last 24 years 23 years now yeah since to april 2000 is when i think we broke ground yeah, 23 years that we've been in existence there may soon arise a situation where you'll actually have startup founders coming to incubate a startup who could be born in a year after 2000 so the incubator oh, yes, will absolutely. actually be older absolutely it already is a couple of cohorts back in our idea stage incubation we had a 14 year old so even right now with us we have some very young energetic founders working with us that's quite exciting to have a 14 year old with a startup idea and yep. uh, would you mind telling us a little about that project i'll give another example so this is 19 year old who's right now under incubation she graduated out from a ps college computer science she started a venture third year of college and even within college she realized that her calling was in the impact space and she wanted to do something in education and she believed that she was lucky that she got a good education good college computer science and she believed and as a woman especially she believed that kind of a privilege as she believed it is not available to many and she said i need to encourage people to pursue stem careers and the route especially underprivileged of people working in low income uh, students studying in low income schools or government schools 
don't have the exposure to science and math that can help them go graduate into a stem career which is critical for the country and is probably a great career opportunity for these and how can i work with strengthening the fundamental capability and learning aptitude in science and basic sciences and mathematics in middle schools so she actually set up a digital company called sitara that works right now in karnataka it works with about 800 schools across karnataka through digital and physical channels in helping middle school children typically their best workers fourth to tenth standard although they extend a little bit in helping them strengthen their fundamentals on science and mathematics with an aspiration that they may then pursue that as long term academic and then career interest this is a lady reya started her entrepreneurial career third year of college she was 19 then and you know when nssl was set up back in 2000 obviously the the environment was quite different very different from what i'm told i wasn't around uh, from what i'm told the word incubator probably wasn't heard of if you can tell us a little about what exactly was the feeling around it you know around setting up an incubator this early in india i'll tell you the stories i hear so this is second hand information but i think uh, it is inspiring nsrcel itself stands for the ns raghavan center for entrepreneurial learning mr ns raghavan was one of the seven early founders of infosys so at the turn of the millennium i think mr nsr at that point wanted to exit out from infosys the company had listed in the us had reached a degree of maturity and he wanted to spend a larger part of his time in his philanthropic pursuits and his other business interests and one of his passions and his beliefs was that infosys was founded through an entrepreneurial spirit that sitting out of india we could create a global company we could create a company that people are proud of working for and customers are proud of working with that is a specific kind of an entrepreneurial ethos and spirit that really should belong to everybody and he believed can i set up like a place or a center that can take this ethos and give it out to the ecosystem and then he started engaging with the director of i am bangalore at that point of time and having whole series of conversations and that resulted in the center saying okay let's set up a center for entrepreneurship that invite young entrepreneurs and maybe help build this entrepreneurial mindset and spirit that and then who knows of god is kind they'll help create other great companies like the one you created so that was the sort of vision and ethos with which uh, the center was created the other passion that nsr even right now deeply has is that entrepreneurship is a science it's a science like any other science physics chemistry or mathematics it has methods principles frameworks it's pro- it's not deterministic it's probabilistic in the sense the journey is not predictable as with any entrepreneur but there are some fundamental tenets and principles that can bring down the risk in a venture can improve the probabilities of survival and scale of a venture and to make this science sophisticated requires a lot of continuous learning so can we continuously learn what's working what methods what frameworks what approaches what interventions how does that be effective what does not work what works in what context the framework that works for a social impact entrepreneur may completely not work for a climate tech entrepreneur so do we as a center also continuously learn from what are the approaches to incubation that can be more effective and the context in entrepreneurship changes the entrepreneurship context of 2023 for example 
is very different from what it was even 20 in 2021 and who knows how it will look like six months down the line so which means which is why we are called a center for entrepreneurial learning and and his passion was fundamental in saying you've got to be able to continuously learn and through that learning can you give back to the ecosystem which means can you publish case studies can you publish methodologies can you publish stories of entrepreneurs founders that can go back to the indian entrepreneurial ecosystem and everybody else can benefit from it which is the second tenet of NSRC research. How can we continuously contribute to the broader ecosystem in the country? Atri, have you had startup founders who had startups incubated in NSRC come back as mentors? All the while. To give you a flavor of our, our mentor pool, uh, a mentor pool typically consists of maybe three buckets. One are seasoned entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs have been through an entrepreneurial journey a few times or for a period of time. So have an understanding of the ups and downs of the journey. The second are corporate veterans who come with deep industry or subject matter expertise. And the third, of course, is either government or people from the funding and, and VC ecosystem. So in the entrepreneurial bucket, almost a third of our, our, our mentors are NSRL. I don't want to call them veterans. They feel extremely upset. Uh, but I would like to say seasoned entrepreneurs who've been through NSRL few years ago have been through the ups and downs. God has been kind. They are on a mature, stable growth path now and are very happy. Give All our mentors work with us pro bono. I've never understood why, but they absolutely love to engage with founders and give back to the ecosystem. And which is the same for our alumni entrepreneurs. They absolutely love coming back, engaging with newer founders spending time sharing their knowledge, sharing their networks, which is most important, helping founders actually on their journey, sharing their networks, guiding them to their business, sometimes hiring people, sometimes accessing funds. So hand-holding in a very low-level execution that only another entrepreneur can do. So we see a lot of that giving back within the NSRC ecosystem. And if you could list out a few startups that have come out of NSRC, Oh, how do I list a few? Um, I know there are so many, but you know. And all, all children are my children. I can't say here are the two children whose names I remember. That would be a that would be a crime and they won't let me sleep on a Friday evening. Some interesting ones, both interesting from and I think what they've accomplished and also interesting from what they're trying to solve for. And for example, I mean, the one that comes to mind, top of mind is Amagi. Uh, Amagi was, and because you asked, you entrepreneurs come and give back and, and Bhaskar and Sujata and the team at Amagi, the founding team, extremely inspiring uh, founders, very, very humble. For a unicorn, for a several hundred million dollar company today, extremely humble, grounded founders that they are. Amagi was one of our earlier incubators about eight, ten years ago, but have been in conversation and in touch with us even, even now come back they spend time with our founders very happy engaging as mentors so that's one few others that come to mind kutuki that works in early stage uh, child development uh, early stage preschool uh, child education i spoke about sitara there's an interesting venture that works in farm in the intersection of farmer income and climate change a company called farmers for forest that uses uh, drone technology to map microclimates and local ecosystems where there has been significant deforestation and then use the understanding of the microclimate and the ecosystem to afforest the land. That reclaimed land also becomes arable farmland for the local farmers. 
they consult with the farmers through a range of iot and consulting capability on the right kind of crop cycles for the reclaimed land and because they are afforesting the land there is significant carbon that is sequestered from the tree plantation and and restoration of greenery they trade that sequestered carbon on carbon platforms and carbon trading platforms which also drives additional income for the farmer so it's a fascinating venture that is using deep tech drone iot big data ai ml technology to combat climate change and in parallel drive farm income so fascinating uh, found uh, organization called farmers for forest because i'm on the sort of climate trip for some reason i don't know why another interesting venture is a company called chara that is working to create micro motors without rare earth materials rare earths are critical for the construct and architecture or of micro motors and motors with uh, medium to high payloads and rare earths of course rare earths by definition are rare also a large part of rare earths are imported from from china and and other places so there is also a degree of sort of national priority that gets affected here so they are designing for motors that do not need rare earths so states a very large market it also speaks to a peculiar a uh, national priority for the country so that's a fascinating venture that we work with that's a few names that come to mind top like i said over a i stumble because uh, right now as we speak at nsrcl there are 529 ventures as of end of october that we are incubating who are live right now at nsrcl so for me to imagine who are the five names that come to mind would be criminal so i hold back so that's that's quite a big number and uh, that is an number yes i've been covering startups you know but always always wonder how easy or how good an idea is it for a startup to go the incubator way that's a tough one uh, just to give you a sense because you said that's a large number actually we're not even scratching the surface even dpiit since 2016 has registered 94000 ventures in the country and if i'm touching like let's say a thousand a year that's like very single digit decimals or lesser than the potential to spark and scale you know economic or societal impact so uh, in terms of impact what numbers mean nothing in terms of the actual impact we are still like i keep saying version 1 but having said that of all the last 7 8 years ventures that have got registered and and that are tracked by dpit between 5 and 6% are actually incubated which means over 90% of ventures in the country go the journey on their own for whatever the reasons might be it could be access it could be awareness it could be willingness it could be appreciation maybe a combination of all of them the job of an incubator is providing a safe space whether we are technical incubator or business incubator the idea is to create a safe space through that safe space you are helping the founder discover their right path that process of discovery requires two things one is that process of discovery reduces the risk therefore mortalities may be low survival rates may be high uh, what we have tracked over the last 3 years empirically the survival rates in nsr cell are over 70% which is rare by industry standards but that is the job of an incubator can i reduce the risk inherent in an entrepreneurial journey by creating the right environment both for learning and for execution the second is can i accelerate that learning path if a founder would take let us say 2 to 3 years to evolve their ideal sales model through an incubation and because of the environment because of the peer learning because of the exposure if they can reach that in 6 months time not only have you saved 2 and 1/2 years 
you also accelerated your learning to go very quickly to your next iteration of sophistication right which means you have quickly been able to go from let us say level 1 to level 2 very quickly you've learned very quickly what it means to learn fail fast reiterate on something as i don't want to say simple as critical as your sales model so the second dimension that incubators provide is can i can i hasten the path to learning this is the role of an incubator right fundamentally whether you're a tech or a business incubator for an entrepreneur to aspire to such an environment in theory should be very high in practice is probably not yet so okay so the reasons might be many it could be anything from awareness to access to appreciation but as incubators it is our job it is our job to evangelize the space to evangelize the value that an incubator provides and we are structured as a not for profit which means my my only motive is impact to the ecosystem can i create startups that create become great businesses therefore create economic progress for the country or are able to solve some fundamental problems for the country and therefore create impact they're not mutually exclusive of course if my objective is purely an impact objective it is my job to evangelize this space which means any aspirant anywhere in the country should at least consider this in their journey saying can i do this on my own should i go to an incubator and find a safe space at least for the next 6 9 months that helps me test iterate a few things and i think that's the job of an incubator because you mentioned the access part here how easy is it for an aspiring entrepreneur someone who has an idea but don't know what to do about it to actually get into an incubator there are 1100 incubators in the country on paper at least so uh, you one should argue at least at a headline level that for an entrepreneur in the country to access incubation should not be difficult at least in theory it's not in it's not in practice that is not the case the market is polarized there are about maybe 12 15 incubators in the country and i say this with deepest respect who really obsess the idea entrepreneurial impact for many others i think the intent is very high but we've been lucky god has been kind we've had 23 years of learning making mistakes burning fingers to even learn what we are doing today and i'm not saying we are doing a brilliant job but at least learn few things that don't work we may not know what works but at least we know what mistakes not to make a lot of the younger incubators do not have that luxury of learning and sometimes and some of that learning of course comes because you you're part of their journey and you learn along the way i do wonder though if for someone like nsrcel is there a role we can play in helping younger incubators actually gain to the path of sophistication or scale faster which means your question on how easy or difficult is it to access may also be flipped on and up to a question saying if we have a 1100 incubators in the country how many of them can provide brilliant incubation capability i use the word brilliant loosely i don't know what it means to an aspiring entrepreneur and maybe as as an old incubator again in entrepreneurship old means nothing right if you are 3 years old and you have a series b that's cool if you're 23 years old it's not so cool but i wonder if we should be sharing our learnings to the ecosystem can we help incubators in the ecosystem quickly ramp their capability up we are somewhere on that journey in in being able to provide this value to the ecosystem which means i'm flipping the problem over and saying if the ecosystem in the country is as sophisticated as it should be then an entrepreneur will never stop then an entrepreneur will always have high quality ecosystem enabling access for them to create impact and uh, you mentioned that there are 1000 odd incubators there really are from what i've yeah, heard yeah. last month 
1,109 by a research report that I read last month. Yes. So, uh, but I went to the data, but when you look, if you look closely at it, the number of incubators that have actually come up with more than 50 startups is actually very, very low. Yes, I agree with you. I don't want to say that as a problem. I do want to say that as an opportunity. I think we've got to look at our entrepreneurship enablement ecosystem as, as well as in some kind of versioning or generation. I think we are still in generation one. I, and I think the real momentum probably started after the Startup India momentum of 2016. And that created a sort of flip to the enabling ecosystem itself. And of course, support from a lot of the government bodies, uh, Niti Ayo, Atal Innovation Mission, Department of Science and Technology, Ministry of Electronics, Department of Biotech, BIRAC, many others, both at the central level, a lot of the state startup missions in some of the states are extremely active, extremely visionary. If you look at some of the startup missions in, in a few of the states, very, very visionary activity. But that momentum is version one. That momentum is what, three, four, five years old. So for us to say that in three, four, five years, each incubator in each state in the country is not even producing 50, I think is a little uncharitable. I'm saying that again with respect. I want to flip it and say, Damn, in, in three, four years time, you've hit 50 incubate, 50 ventures a year. Good, we're at version one. How can we take it to version two? Can I make it 150 in the next 12, 24 months? I think that's the opportunity we're sitting on. Like I said, if there are 94,000 ventures that have been incorporated since 2016-17, the opportunity through to create impact through entrepreneurship, therefore, is very, very high, which means our bar is still very high. We have an aspiration to reach that bar. As long as we recognize we're in generation one, you have to get to generation two very quickly. And whatever we can do collectively or singularly to get to generation two is of value, we'll get there. I don't think it's a bad idea to say there are thousand incubators and not everybody is doing that. I flip it and say, which means there are thousand infrastructures already in the country. Not bad. How can I quickly scale them? Again, if somebody wants to be part of NSRCL, what is the process to be? Because I'm sure there will be a few aspiring entrepreneurs over here looking for opportunities, if you could. Firstly, I do hope many of your listeners are aspiring entrepreneurs. And, and I do hope, no, I'm not hoping. I urge each one of you to please consider NSRCL as part of your journey. Even if I say so myself, I think there is value here. Whatever, 1%, 100%, I don't know, but there's value here. For NSRCL, the process is sort of completely digital. Founders reach out. We are always in media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. We are always in media talking about our program tracks, the work that is going on. All solicit for applications happen through the website. People just go to our website. There's a small form, four or five questions. You just have to fill that up, apply. Typically, the process is a three-stage process. Once we receive an expression of interest from a, a founder, uh, the first screening is by the NSRCL team, me and my colleagues. We get into a conversation, understand what the founder is trying to do, their background, their experiences, their intent. The second conversation is with one of our mentors who are ideally entrepreneurs or corporate veterans. In many cases, the third conversation may be with a subject matter expert. If the innovation is a very peculiar, a very specific domain, a very specific technology, a very specific problem, for example, someone working in oncology or someone working in assistive tech for disabilities or in, in enabling primary education, a very nuanced businesses may require an industry expert or someone for the domain to have a conversation. So that is the third round conversation. 
after the three rounds of conversations be triage our findings and then figure which might be the best program or best track of our 13 tracks which are live that the founders may fit into and then we go back and sort of make them an offer to join our incubation our selection rates unfortunately are about five to six percent so for every hundred applicants that we receive we are able to incubate about five or six of them at this point of time like i said which is what is our upside is so high why should my up in acceptance rate not be 20 25 percent capacity constraints so on and so forth which we should solve for or and in what stage do you have funders coming in so through our incubation process we of course graduate them through a stage of maturity as growth as founders at some stage when we believe that the founders are reasonably mature mature might be a combination of product market fit, solution market fit, operational readiness, foundational government, governance foundations, and entrepreneurial mindset. We also prepare them to be ready for funding. Funding is a combination in our case. By the way, we love bootstrapped ventures. I know capital is critical to growth and, and in many, many cases. But if a founder can bootstrap as far as possible, it actually is a very good idea. The other source of funding, while equity is the largest risk capital that an entrepreneur would not just aspire to, should uh, acquire for growth of their company, there are many other sources. There are government grants, there are corporate challenges. If the unit economics are good, working with banks and debt instruments are not at all a bad idea. Revenue-based financing is a very good idea. If you're an impact venture, there are the ways to fund impact entrepreneurship which exist. And of course, the largest city is equity financing. As they mature through the program, we assess both the readiness and the fitment to the right instrument. Very often, different instruments are relevant for different stages in the journey. Because our work is early formative years, sort of pre-series A, the right instrument at that stage on their evolution is as important. We match the founder to the right instrument and then bring in the right ecosystem of either early stage VCs, banks, alternative financing instruments, or corporate challenges, or government grants, or others, to then create a matchmaking and enable that funding ecosystem. In fact, just yesterday, we had two days of marathon investor interactions. There were 35 early stage VCs at NSRSL meeting another 35, 40 ventures of sort of early revenue stage were it was a specific tech-enabled cohort. So all of early revenue stage tech-enabled ventures for pre-series A funding. So we had over 180 investor conversations over the last couple of days. So that's what we do to enable funding for the ecosystem. And if you could tell me a bit about what are the future plans, initiatives that you plan for NSRSL going forward? I think there are probably three levers that over the next, let me say, three years, NSRSL will deeply invest in. One is at the foundational level, uh, and we spoke about this briefly, increase the knowledge capture for the Indian entrepreneurship ecosystem. And we're actually in the process of creating a large knowledge hub. We're creating a large analytics infrastructure that could get opened out to the entire Indian entrepreneurship ecosystem as some kind of an open source knowledge asset. There are similar assets that exist otherwise globally. India doesn't yet have an asset and there's a huge opportunity to build that and potentially partner with other great institutions to collaborate on building that. So creating large assets that continue to accelerate the entrepreneurial ecosystem in the country is, is a big focus for us. 
the second is what i said the upside opportunity in creating entrepreneurial innovation in the country is very large while we are looking where right now at least until a few months back we are looking at a very incubator operating model to enable the ecosystem there are other operating models that we have to think right? can some part of entrepreneurial capability be digitally enabled especially now with generative ai capabilities available to us and both technology internet mobile being as pervasive at us as it is in the country can capabilities and education be disseminated to entrepreneurs anywhere in the country through other models in exactly the same way what we spoke since i know there is already a foundation of incubation capability already in the country and we are starting to do this can we start partnering with state startup missions with uh, some of the government nodal organizations to start enhancing the capability for incubation in the ecosystem itself and and whatever good bad ugly knowledge that nsr cell has can we start codifying it giving it out to the ecosystem hand holding them enabling them to reach a stage of maturity faster than we have if it's taken 23 years to reach here can we help someone and reach there in 2 to 3 years and and that's a great impact for us the third is building the broader enabling ecosystem itself and i'll give you one example of what we're trying here specific to women entrepreneurship while the gender lens to entrepreneurship is a, is an interesting example of building the ecosystem for entrepreneurship uh, we know the numbers labor force participation number of startups and founders who are women led is very very low in the country abysmally low compared to both the talent potential and sheer sort of economic opportunity that exists within india and outside one as we spoke earlier one enabling infrastructure for this is can we create the right funding infrastructure for such entrepreneurs or such ventures who are women founder led and in partnership with a few of our larger partners and uh, of venture venture capitalists banks that we are working with we are actually trying to build out a funding platform that can enable women entrepreneurs at least women entrepreneurs in nsr to start with and then if god is kind it could be a platform that is available to the entire ecosystem to access capital it's a peculiarly nuanced problem an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur one would argue why is capital difficult but that's not true for real in reality a woman founder's ability to access early stage and growth capital is many fold different than uh, a male co-founder or a male founder and that is a significant if not the only enabler of course is a significant hindrance to more women entrepreneurs entering the ecosystem and more women entrepreneurs creating great scaled enterprises so the third is building such ecosystem platforms that allow many players to come together in a non threatening collaborative manner to solve for some very fundamental problems that we are faced with and that might be the third layer that over the next 3 years we will deeply invest in and see if we can make a difference to do all three of this requires us to deeply partner with other incubators other academic uh, institutions of course government organizations policy bodies corporates are a big big player corporates and quasi corporate bodies like nascom cii are big players in the entire ecosystem and somewhere it is our responsibility to bring all of them together in a manner that can solve for quickly and solve for at nation scale it is our stated mission to be able to enable 10000 founders 10000 aspirants to remain to become entrepreneurs and remain entrepreneurs sustainably uh, over the next 5 years and 
all which is like all kinds of operating models need to be innovated upon to achieve that kind of a potential and even if we achieve that number will still be 10-15% of the broader nation, nation's opportunity and impact. Thank you so much for your time and your insights. Our privilege and pleasure to be part of this conversation. Thank you for considering and inviting NSR. Wish you all the best.